right, and welcome back to the Get Your Geek On podcast. This week we are reunited, and it feels so good. As always, we are your hosts, Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. Anthony Arsenio. Bringing you the latest and greatest geek news of the week, and we are diving in headfirst this week, going right into CW's The Flash. Now, Anthony, you had missed us last week when we had broken some news that Savitar, Mirror Master, Dr. Alchemy, The Rival... Magenta and the Top have been cast as villains for season three. Uh, so I wanted to get your thoughts on those. First of all, with Savitar being our big bad speedster this year, be interested to see what they do bringing him to life. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, there's going to be a whole lot of speedsters running around. Do they season. go topless with him, though? Is he really the dude just <laughs> running bare-chested through the speed force? I with, like, certainly hope so. Really? You re- you don't think that they retcon the costume a no, little bit? That just will. seems like too... like. Br- Brazenly stupid to me. Like, yeah, man, I don't mind. The weather doesn't bother me because I'm, open it up a I'm shirtless bit. and beastly. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. I think the bigger news here, though, was that Jesse Quick has been spotted on set in costume. While we have no pictures yet, we do have a description of the suit from a fan that got an autograph. It'll be interesting to see what they're bringing here, whether it's part of the Flashpoint universe, which I don't think it will be because at this point they're on episode four or five, and they've mm. already said that Flashpoint is a one to two episode event, although the ramifications affect season wide so what are your thoughts on jesse quick coming in how do you think they'll bring her in and how do you think they use her for this season i'm ready for more speedsters i mean the flash is not always but you know for a large chunk of time it's always been the flash family so you got like your max mercury's your wally his two kids who are both speedsters which i like that didn't his kids get drawn to him whenever he used the speed force they would get like sucked in and drawn along with him like drawn to him sometimes yeah Yeah, yeah. because i've seen a um a a thing with fastback if they were together too yeah i've Um, seen a fastback the turtle speedster from earth 11 or something like that there's a scene with him and the kids and he's talking to them and wally starts running and the kids just flashpoint yeah Uh, no from uh convergence yeah they just get sucked along with him which I thought was a hilarious uh, storyline to see there. But one of the things that's really cool is we're seeing Mirror Master finally, which is like the one villain that we have wanted to get on this he's show so forever. Too. He's such a good villain. I think he's a great villain. It's going to be interesting to see how they use these villains with them setting up Legion of Doom on Legends of Tomorrow. you got to wonder if certain villains are going to be set up for returns, this and that, because mm-hmm. we don't have the metahuman prison anymore. And season two was so Zoom focused that the few metahumans that they did fight were like King Shark who gets killed. And, you know, Adam Smasher, people like that that wound up dying. So what do you think they do as far as the villains this take around? I just want them to build up a nice camaraderie with the rogues. So maybe season four could just be Flash versus the rogues for a whole season. That'd be awesome. It would be really cool to see what they would do that. Robert, what are your take on that? What do you want to see them do this season with those villains? I definitely, well, I mean, the one I'm really looking forward to is outside of Mirror Masters, Dr. Alchemy, because the way he's played with Barry in the comics has always been interesting. And with Tobin Bell, I mean, Jigsaw, come on, being the voice of Dr. Alchemy, I mean, that's yeah. going to be amazing. The one that I'm looking forward to is, I think, the one that nobody's acknowledging, and that's the top for me. Because I'm like, how the hell well, the are they going to do that super... But how are they going to do that superpower in live action, making people's heads spin? That's just anatomically <laughs> not even possible, let alone... I mean, what is it? Just she like controls centripetal force or something like well, that? It's like, they'll probably like turn him into, it's like, you know, he has the... He, they call him the top. It's, no, it's like a female. They've cast a female, female as the top, which is one of the ones that I'm really interested to see. Because it's it's probably going to be something like what they did with Plastique or Captain Boomerang, which it's like, they're going to change the backstory a little bit. Maybe, like, she snaps next for a living, and it... I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be... There's certain areas where they just feel a little off, 
but they try to, you know, they put work into some of the better, bigger rogues, and then the smaller ones they really don't go do a good job on. And then we're also going to get Magenta, who's basically the female Magneto yeah. in the X-Men universe there. But uh, it'll be really cool to see what they're doing with the show. They're also transitioning, making the rogues in the Flash movie. We've been confirmed with Captain Cold, Pied Piper, and the top as being members of the rogues. And just to see what they're going to do with the movie, with those characters being established in live action, we're obviously going to have expectations, but I think that there's a lot that can be done with that storyline if they do it well. The Barry Allen of Ezra Miller is really starting to grow on me. Going back for another Suicide Squad viewing, even just his little one-second line in there Mm -hmm. is really good, but I've been re-watching that Justice League trailer like crazy. No honor among thieves, huh? (laughs) I I was just playing Mojang with me, Nana, in this red streak. (laughs) Like, so it's great to see what they're going to be doing with that. But needless to say, we are ridiculously excited for the CW. We are three weeks and counting from our first show premiere with Supergirl. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Uh, other news broke out in the MCU that Captain America is, in fact, Captain America no more. When we see Chris Evans drop the shield in Captain America Civil War, that is him ending the identity. And I don't know if you guys have seen the deleted scene they put out of Civil War of Sebastian Stan and Falcon using the shield. No. You got, oh, what? It's called Shield Envy. Highly recommend it. It's a rooftop scene where Captain America is pinned down and Sebastian Stan picks up such beasting on people with the shield and then throws it to Falcon. And he has a little move with it. So it's, it's kind of like the... Oh, yeah, just so you know, one of these guys is going to be the mm-hmm. new Captain America. And then the scene ends with Sebastian Stan being like, I got to get me one of those. Cool. cool. Maybe Do we get the uh, Falcon. That'd be neat. Yeah. I think it would be really cool to see them, like, split the mantle. Yeah. Like, there's no reason why you just have to have you one have Bucky Captain America. You the more covert ops cap stuff. And Captain you America, have, like, USA you have Falcon, Falcon as your face. The yeah. face yeah. And yeah. then you have Sebastian Stan as the guy that gets it done in the shadows. Do we bring in U.S. Agent? Ooh. Maybe we could even have Steve Rogers going out and being nomad yeah. with that goofy costume. Yeah. That'd be great. Well, that's the thing. Apparently, he's going to revert to his Winter Soldier gear now that he has dropped the Captain America mantle. So he'll have the more dark, muted tone just mm-hmm. there to get it done. Uh, one thing that was released from the Captain America, they're starting to release all the Blu ray, you know, Civil War uh, featurettes and things like that. We got to look at the Comic Con mockumentary of what Thor was doing during oh, Civil yeah, War. yeah, that was so good. And just absolutely hilarious. First of all, it was directed by Taika Waititi, who's doing the new Thor movie, did one of my favorites, What We Do in the Shadows. But it's basically just this quick little five-minute sketch of what Thor was doing, apparently, in Australia. But, I mean, come on, he gets the roommate, Daryl, who's just, like, the dude that's forced office to deal schlub. with it. The, the <laughs> office schlub, like, harassing the dude at work. I love that you hear, like, him come flying in and then just knocking at the door, like, hey! But I think the part that killed me is his bedroom. When you get the tone oh, back yeah. that Miramir has the little bed and blanket that he tucks it in. He's roasting meat in the sun that's gone like far sour. He's like, it's almost ready. Yeah, he's and the, roasting it for like five days. The paperboard of like what are Infinity Stones, the Thanos one kills me. He calls him the purple man. It's like what we know is purple, likes magic gloves, and doesn't like standing mm. up. Like, just the little things like that, but I mean, that's a side to Thor that we've never seen in the movies or anything like that. Like, that's something I wish was an actual scene. Straight up slapstick. Slapstick. I'm hoping with this Thor Ragnarok that we kind of, because there's a scene... There will be a scene with him and Loki. I hope we have that road buddy moment. On it's like that we didn't get in Thor: The Dark World, where they're traveling together. It's like, and they're just kind of cracking on each other. I just hope we have those jokes. And we got our first glimpse at the chemistry between Mark Ruffalo and Chris Hemsworth. They have a nice little scene at the end. By far, the Mark Ruffalo line kills me. They're like, I don't wear cutoffs. Why do I keep waking up in cutoffs? (laughs) So interesting to see that. But it's gonna be interesting to see how they bring those two together for the movie. So really, I was that. Little feature that got me more excited for Thor than I've really been. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I could actually see those two playing together really well. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. But definitely a cool little feature to check it out ahead of the Blu-ray release of Civil War. 
moving here to a little bit more Marvel news. Apparently, Doctor Strange will not only be popping up in Thor Ragnarok based on some set photos that we've seen, but in the Doctor Strange movie, we'll be getting our first glimpse at Brother Voodoo, Whoa. who, for those of you that don't know, has very strong Runaways ties, which has been announced to be the Hulu series that we're going to be getting. So very excited about that, but what are your thoughts on those two crossovers, both the Doctor Strange in Thor and then the Brother Voodoo in Doctor Strange? Uh, well, it's it's nice to know that now that they're introducing this mystical element across shows, so it's not... I'm sorry. We leveled up here leveled on the podcast. Up. Leveled up. Uh it's nice to know that we're going to start getting those ties with the mystical. So we get Doctor Strange and we're going to get Iron Fist. And so the ties in that realm. And I've, from what I've been hearing on the set, the set news and stuff about that, that's going to be a really funny scene. Again, with uh, Loki and Thor kind of walking up to Doctor Strange's uh, Sanctum Sanctorium. Yeah, that's the address that we've seen. So that's going to be really cool to see what they're doing with that. But Marvel is really their best at universe building. So no surprises there that they're going to be starting to sink their teeth in, into some other genres there. Uh, now heading over to the TV side for DC, Mad Hatter and Alice have both been cast on Gotham. We got our first look at the Mad Hatter's lair. Looks really cool what they're doing with that show this season. I like, I've seen the pictures of the aged up Poison Ivy now. It's going to be really cool to see what they're doing there. But apparently Batman is going to bang Catwoman this season. What? Yes, what? they've said that uh, they're aging their relationship up and uh, according to David Mazuz who plays Bruce Wayne, Bruce is becoming a man and we all know what comes with that. As their pictures were posted, I don't know. so the bat and the cat up in a tree. Ugh. Finally, oh come on, they bang all the time in the comics. Yeah, but they're kids. They they're like seventeen now. Oh boy. Oh come it, it, on, just, it just feels dirty. And Not so all of us are as crude as Anthony, and I'm for one all about shipping. The I don't bat even really cat. like Gotham that much. I can't really watch it. It grows on you. It's it's like an STD. Like you don't want you don't, <laughs> don't want, want it, it. But you once you got it, you gotta live with it. <laughs> It's like, oh, what happened here? It's like HPV. Uh. You know what I mean? It's, it's not going to mess up your life, but it's... You don't see it, but it never goes away. <laughs> and uh, heading over to Supergirl, we got our first look at the in-costume Mon-El. Yeah. Which would be very interested to see what they're going to... Wait, 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 Mon-El? Yeah, you didn't know Mon-El was coming to Supergirl? What? Yeah, so not oh. only have we had our look at Superman, Snap. Tyler Hecklin... Who everyone is calling the generic Superman? Like I've seen pictures of like Henry Cavill, and then it's like the RC Cola version of Henry Cavill. I think he looks great. I like it. I yeah. like the suit. I really I, like the buckles that yeah. they did with the cape. I really like that. And they got the yellow outline for the. the just screw, people are gonna hate on everything, but it, he's like Diet Superman is what I've heard him call. <laughs> I, I, I am looking for. I'm actually looking forward to seeing what they're doing. So, did you see yes. the unfortunate promos that were released for no. Superman? So, there's a picture of Superman, and the the tagline on the buses was "Superman is coming in Supergirl." Oh yeah, September yeah. 29th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like phrasing. That. That, all I could think of was Archer, like phrasing. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they're doing with Monel on that season. And now I think they might be getting a little bit too Kryptonian alien heavy because now you've got apparently Dean Kane is going to be Cyborg Superman. You've got David what? H- oh yeah. yes, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so apparently the season structure is going to be the first half of the season versus Cadmus. Once they defeat Cadmus, they realize Cadmus has turned Jeremiah into Cyborg Superman. That's so cool. And then it's them fighting Cyborg Superman. Dean Cain has always and I will know, be at Northeast. Comic-Con. I know I'll get this. I'll get flack for this, but Dean Cain's always been one of my favorite Supermans. Nobody's oh, <laughs> because everybody grew up with Lois and Clark. He looks so good in the he suit. He was really good, in the but suit. he didn't have Clark Kent at all. He had no, Superman, yeah. but, but he, he had, had Superman Kent. down pat. But for yeah. a show called Lois and Clark, he kind of didn't really nail the key character. Yeah. 
But uh, so definitely the DC side of things is shaping up to look very good. We got another confirmation on the Marvel side that Legion, the X Men FX spinoff, is part of the X Men universe. Confirmed from the will TV be, shows. Yes, and uh, things that happen in the show will have an outcome in the X Men movies from the future. So this is what we're going to be getting from now on. Looks like we will be getting confirmation that he is Xavier's son. Um, whether he's just trapped in a parallel universe or something like that, we don't know. But it's interesting to see that they'll be doing that. Um, other news here in the edition of movies that will suck, they've announced the first trailer of the Max Steel movie based cool. on the horrible Mattel character of the same name, Jesse Eisenberg Max voices. Steel. And it, yeah, like just it oh my looks God, that's a throwback. horrible. Like you watch this trailer and you're just like somebody, more than one somebody, was in a room and said, brilliant. You know, and like we're going to make a Max Steel movie. And just here it is. Here's $30 million. Who's doing the voice of him? Jesse Eisenberg. Okay. Yeah, and he's terrible. But so definitely avoid that one. And it comes out in October, which should let you know it's terrible because we're just finding out about it six weeks yeah. before it comes it's like, out. It's like 10 Cloverfield Road. Plus, it's like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Which, Plus, Max Steel is a franchise nobody asked for. It, but they're like, you know what? We could make money off of it. No, you can't because that's not even going to be Redbox worthy. <laughs> uh, other casting news. Sarah Paulson has joined the all-female cast of Ocean's 8 featuring Rihanna, Sandra Bullock, Helena Bottom Carter, many others. I don't think this movie is going to work because I don't think eight women could work together at all. It should be called Ocean Six because two are going to keep breaking off to talk shit about the other six. So that's where I think that movie is going to be heading. You guys have any thoughts on the all-female Ocean's Eight? Uh, if they do it better than the Ghostbusters movie, um, I'm all for it. <laughs> and then we got a, our first real solid Green Lantern core movie news today, and this is what I'm more excited to break than anything. It's all female. No, we have our very reliable sources at Latino Review who have been our source for all of our rumor mill news here, and that is that the storyline has been confirmed for the Green Lantern movie, and it is a faithful adaptation of the Sinestro Core War. <laughs> yes, exactly. That what? is the reaction I expected. We are confirmed with Guy Gardner, John Stewart, and Hal Jordan to be the only human oh, lanterns. Guy Gardner. We are confirmed to have the entire battle take place on Earth, and it is also confirmed to have Red Lanterns be teased but not appear, so this way that the movie will end with setups for Blackest Night. Oh. Now, Anthony, you are as diehard of a lantern fan as me. How mm -hmm. ecstatic mm -hmm. are you at the idea of mm -hmm. the Sinestro Core War? What a so perfect awesome. movie That's to a bring in started out to too. involve Earth, involve the entire core, and set up your Green Lantern universe, could you honestly think of a better story? They like, should get Mark Strong back as That's the one thing that I will... Now, say what you want about Ryan Reynolds as, as the Green Lantern. Mark Universal Strong Pan, got right. Mark Strong was he Sinestro. Hit so he, he hit, hit that it right on, on the nose. head. The despise of how Jordan... Like the the hatred of the core, the way he turns on the core. I would when watch they a Sinestro make movie. I would absolutely watch a Sinestro with him. But that is one casting that I really think that they need to bring back. The other person though that I've heard floating around as a Sinestro replacement, and I really can't say that I don't hate it, is Christopher Eccleston. Okay, mm. I take that too. I can he's see a little that. old. He's a little old, but Sinestro. If you're going Sinestro Core War, Sinestro's been a Green Lantern for years, and then he's turned and he's already becoming a Lantern. So I could see it. You you really could go that I way. I think I might go back and reread it now. I, oh, absolutely! That's, that, as soon as I get home, like I'm cracking open Sinestro. You know, I have the absolute omnibus yeah. of that. So that's one of my favorite storylines. But I really think that that hmm. is like, especially with Jeff Johns, who wrote that storyline, now being the president of DC, Lord of Better Purse, and Green Lantern is his baby. As much as he loves Flash and Superman and stuff like that, he's a Green Lantern fan at heart. Oh yeah. So I think that is the best storyline to <laughs> to undo everything that was done with the Ryan Reynolds movie. 
Yeah, you no, gotta admit, it, it, like, it, it, that movie did have potential by setting up the Sinestro little yeah. stinger at the end, Mark Strong. Like, there were bright spots there. So that storyline, I really think, is a strong adaptation. Are we adaptation. gonna see Fleas? That's one of the things I would love What's your after-credit stinger to be. Mine, can't wait. I, I think the only way that this happens, and with Jeff Johns, it would be, I think that the movie ends Sinestro Core War with Anti-Monitor being shot out into space, and then the after-credit clip is the Anti-Monitor's body being caught by Necron and turned into a Black Lantern battery. And God, you how do they even explain the anti-monitor? You know what? I don't care. They'll find a way to See, do I it. See, I don't care either because I already know about it. I'm just speaking from like the general audience I just think it's going to be a great way to bring an audience to Green Lantern that would not have been yeah. Green Lantern fans. I mean, like, when you think about it, you have anti-monitor and the monitor and harbinger, which are kind of your characters out there that are... I might go home and reread Crisis, too. Yeah, I mean, like... That was oh, really good. That's... Also, Superboy Prime is in Sinestro Core. Oh, yeah! You're right! And he's a beast in and that. And his breakout scene of the Green Lantern prison is a really good yeah. scene in those books, too. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. Oh, that, the early 2000s were, like, such a great time for they, I really put that up there as, like, one of my all-time favorite comic period times. It's, like, 1999 to 2007. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, well, you had Infinite Crisis. And then you uh, end 52. with Civil War. Like, Civil War yeah. was... Uh, dude, 52, like, the idea of the weekly countdown book, yeah. like, amazing. 52 but, is one of my favorite stories of all time. We also got uh, cameras start rolling in three weeks on the Defenders. Oh. So we're going to be getting that up and running. With all this uh, good news, it's so hard not to swear. Well, <laughs> it really is. But, I mean, one of the <laughs> shows that we're really show. waiting here for, and I think Marvel is doing right this time, you guys, we've only seen one clip of Luke Cage. We've gotten the trailer, you which got, was epic. Got, the trailer you got, you got, you got two trailers. You got, like, a, two, a sizzle trailer... A real trailer, and then they just did a scene. And now it's just like I'm just waiting for September 30th to be here. Can't like, wait. is it here yet? Like, we Show's will be doing be just an entire episode on Luke Cage when it comes out. Obviously. And I've been like really into Luke Cage lately because I I keep rereading Alias by Brian Michael Bendis, mm-hmm. which they're coming a back. Player but... in it, I, yeah. yeah, season two. I know. No, not the show. The, the, comic. the, comic, oh, the comic is coming back. Yeah, done by Written the original by Bendis, creators, yeah. Bendis and oh, Malieve. Are they going to do it the Marvel Max way? So is there going to be? No. They haven't uh, done Marvel Max since right before The Pulse. Uh, and the Pulse was like the second Jessica Jones okay. series to come out. But it was still really good. It still held up. But goddamn, I would love to Luke have Cage is just the, the one, Max like, lineup The Netflix back. shows, I love them. But there's I can't say that I have been waiting for them. Like with Jessica Jones, it was like, oh, this will look cool when I check out. Oh, with Daredevil, pumped. it was the same way. Even with season two, I wasn't like, I had to wait for Daredevil. But Luke Cage is the first of these heroes that I'm like, yeah. there's a character with powers that I like. And there's a character with a storyline right, that right. I really like. Which is, that's something that I haven't seen yet with the Netflix shows. Like Jessica well, Jones, I, like I, Jessica I watched Jones. it because I liked her villain and his powers. Daredevil, I watched it because I didn't like Matt Murdock, but I liked his powers. I like the idea. Luke Cage is the first one where I'm like, I dig this dude's story. I dig his villains. I dig his powers. Well, like, Luke Cage is just awesome. He's fit it, to lead Mike the Avengers. Mike Coulter is just mm. so like I was one of the ones that was campaigning for Terry Crews to be Luke Cage because yeah. I just thought that like he was the epitome. Mike Coulter has turned me into a fan. I yeah. mean, it just I, he did it all with the face he makes in the bar fight scene in Jessica Jones, where the dude stabs him with the bottle and he just gives him a look like. Yeah. Really, dude. He kicked his ass with just the look. That's how I like when it comes to acting with me. Very small, subtle expressions yeah. like that can make a performance yeah, for it's, me. It's like people who hate on Jared Leto as the Joker. I thought that he brought this psychopathic oh. version of it. There's one scene where he where he's in the club with Common, mm-hmm. and Common says, "You got a bad bitch," and his eyes are just so dead, and they instantly just turn, and you just see him like look at him like, oh, "Yeah, I'm gonna kill this guy." 
person, and it's just that little type of thing. And Mike Coulter has that with Luke Cage, just the facial expressions, because the dude that's basically invincible, yeah. he knows it, and he knows what his limitations. So just to see that idea of it is really, really cool to me. Anything um, on Iron Fist, like well, this, this is two two quick things because I told I told Chuck on the way in here. So I'm from originally from New Jersey. Yep. Uh, so earlier uh, last week uh, when I was home. I ran into Frankie Faison, who is going to be in Luke, who is in Luke Cage. You would know him if you saw him. He, if like you know, know you would know him if you saw him. So he's going to be a character in Luke Cage, and and he's a guy who I've had an association with. I just I went to school with his daughter, graduated high school with his daughter, and um, it's just anybody in the in the town where I grew up in knows him and seen him. And I was like, oh, you know, and I, and I thought about it before I went home. I was like, it'd be cool if I saw him, and I saw him at a bank. <laughs> he's like taking out <laughs> cash, and I'm like, I want to say something. But I realize it's not the time or the yeah. place. What he didn't say was that he had a red dot on him from a Marvel executive that was just waiting. Tell me something about Luke Cage. <laughs> Drop him like a bad habit. But uh, so one of the cool things that was released was the trailer for the John Malkovich film, 100 Years, the movie you'll never see. Have you guys heard about this? No. So he made a movie with Robert Rodriguez directing. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, a bunch of great members in the when cast. Was this? This was made last year, okay. but the movie won't be released until June of 2116. So they literally made a movie that you can't see for 100 years. They put out the trailer, but this movie will not be released until the year 2116. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, it's the idea of seeing a movie that you want to see, but you know you're not going to cool. be alive for. It was funny to me. Uh, but we want to wrap things up this week with what you should be watching. And I feel like that this is... A public service announcement because Stranger if you're not things, watching Stranger, Stranger Things, things, Stranger things, things can we talk about Stranger Things, things for a minute? Can we yeah. talk about Stranger Things for the next 45 minutes? Really? Please? Okay, so if you're not watching Stranger Things, it is an eight episode sci fi miniseries put out by Netflix. By far their best original series since or Orange yeah. is the New Black. Like, I think ever. Ever. I, ever. I would I would put that over the Marvel stuff. I put Me Orange too. is the New Black up there just because there's four seats. Like, there's a backlog of episodes that yeah. you could fall back and watch where I've only got eight of Stranger yeah. Things, so I'm not ready to say it's their it's best ever. It's just a ever. long movie. It is. That, it, it is one of the few series that actually plays like, like a movie. movie. Now, what we were talking about, and I think you can agree, a lot of the Netflix series tend to go like 10 to 13 episodes. Eight. And yeah, you, you feel like, oh, there's two or three episodes in there you didn't need. Stranger Things, there's no fat. You yeah, need every know, scene. I don't know who the Duffer Brothers are or where they came where from, did but these, they exactly. it. Like, it's just like, it's imagine if you find out, like, the world's highest paid athlete was Harold. You'd be like, who is Harold? Why am I just hearing about him now? That's how I feel like with the directors. That you should, like, Have they four. done anything before? No. No, like they, they've done some small internet works and web series and stuff like that, but nothing on this level. Everything about the show was a masterpiece. The can we talk art, about the, the visuals, music, though? The acting. Something, like, you can tell in a movie when you're watching it, and they're trying to make it look like the 80s, 80s. or they're trying to make it look like the 90s, or whatever time period you want to say. Look at People versus O.J. Simpson. Like, yeah. they forced the 90s. So they literally ripped Every, it's like as if they went back and shot this in the 80s. And the big thing Robert and I were talking about are the kids. Kids don't look, look that, like that nerdy and, and, and yeah. ridiculous anymore. Like, it's like it's, the main protagonist, I'm going to point it out, his nose and the way he was look. I was like... Super 80s. It was like... And then the wait. kid can shred Nirvana. Did you hear him play Nirvana like yeah. in his YouTube video? Dude, he rocks out. Like shreds on the guitar. And then they found the androgynous girl... Eleven, who, can we just say, first of all, like, Lady brought Bobby my Brown. love of Egos to a whole nother level. And also, she is a fantastic singer. She's a fantastic singer. and That's where really... she, she comes from YouTube. She was a singer. She did, like, covers on So YouTube. I'm beginning to sense a pattern here. So the Duffer Brothers did web series. 
two of the main actors. Three. Are you... the, the kid that plays Mike too, or uh, not Mike. The um, the kid with the curly hair. Yeah. Missing oh, the Dustin. teeth. Dustin. 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 That's what he's a big singer. He's too. like the yeah. breakout star of that show. Yeah, he really is. He's the guy who gets to say whatever he. You know, the best character though. Can we finally say though that Mike's the black dad. kid is finally the annoying friend? Yes. Is it not the kid that dies first? Not the kid that's he, like we should get like out of here. He a really strong like practicality Skeptic. to everything. Yeah, it was just like no. No, no. Yeah, this can't be real. This can't be real. I I enjoyed that a little bit because it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't want to see anybody die here. This is what's going to happen. And you see, they have like the Goonies logic. Uh, It's like, you draw first blood. It really feels like an amalgam of the 80s. 80s. Like if you put the 80s in a blender and hit 37, like Stranger Things is what would come out. It's got Goonies elements, E.T. elements. Like it, it just seems like it's such... A period piece, but yet still so relevant today, which is a a weird mix. But one of the things I will say is when you have a show predominantly based with child actors, very rarely do they shine, let alone carry the storyline. They They carry the story. They they do the adults. I could honestly do without the adult scenes and have just as good of a show. But for the fact that multiple child actors brought such depth to those characters, Characters, that's really a, a, a testament to the actors and to the writing. Because you could have easily just had Mike be like the emotional you know, ground of that storyline. You didn't have to put any emotion or anything into Levin's performance that you did. Like, mm-hmm. just so much about that show is so top notch and so just like over the top quality. And that's why I think we're sitting here wild because nobody saw this show coming. I had not seen promos for this show. Nope. I not. This was a word of mouth show. This was yeah. something that like one dude was up at midnight when it went out and watched. It was it, it started that, telling like, everybody. It was. I think like the week after it came out, it was number one on IMDb. It's the most yeah. viewed Netflix program of no. all time. Netflix doesn't release their ratings, but uh, they have cracked the metric code of like how they they tolerate things. And Orange is the New Black had eight million viewers in one week was like the Netflix standard at that. And Stranger Things is up over twenty five. Yeah, that, because they hit other things. It's a, like we talked about. It, it's this amalgam of so many things. If anybody remembers Amazing Stories, it hits that. Um, any bad eighty sci fi horror movie. Um, it hit that. It's just, it has all those elements and the way it was shot. And you're like, this is modern film technology, but I feel like I'm watching an '80s film. And Winona Ryder with Winona, some city and, miles on her, like worn down. Yeah, I I don't know how I felt about her performance, but I mean, I understand the trials and tribulations of the character and all. But I mean, she felt very wooden. She's, she's always, down on her she, luck in real life. But she's been like that her whole career. She yeah. is very wooden. Like she is like a marionette of an actress. She's like these are the words. But I'm she supposed was the only say. person that I felt was trying. You know what I mean? Like she she looked like she, she wanted was to trying. bring the desperate mother. Yeah. To it, but I just I was like just get me she back to the kids. Should. Honestly, like just get me to the kids. And that I never or, say or that. Like Jim I Hopper. always hold children, God, like damn, I always hold good. child actors as the weak mm-hmm. point. In TV shows, like, because I'm always like, they they don't know how to emote well, let mm-hmm. alone like memory retention. So they typically don't have like very in depth lines. There was real emotion to each one of these characters. Like when you see Mike and Eleven's relationship start to blow, like all that stuff, and you're like, these kids are 12 years yeah. old, and like they're emoting that well. So the acting, it's very rarely can you say that a show all around hits it on the A. I mean, if you had to grade the special effects, A+, plus, a, a plus. casting, A+, plus, a plus, a plus performance, a plus. emotion, a plus. and yeah. a well-resolved like resolved storyline from beginning to end. Kidding me? Incredible script. Every shot was a painting. It looked incredible. It, I just, you can't argue with that. I mean, like, it just it's looks just, like, like, if you picked up a history book and wanted to show kids, like, what the 80s looked like, I feel like it would just be stills of Stranger Things. It would be stills of Stranger Things, yeah. Also, I think, like, 
one of the low key like greatest things about Stranger Things is the score. Yeah. What? Where did that come from? It's like that. Both albums on iTunes. It's like the synth music. The cliff scene where they do the soundtrack of that, like when he stops and he's being like sucked back up. I'm like, oh. Dude. It's really good. So I recommend getting the albums on iTunes because they're incredible to listen to solo without So stay tuned. We will be doing like an all-in-depth Stranger Things episode next week. We'll get into some spoilers and stuff like that, but we want to give you a chance to check it out first. Okay, good. So yeah, get I'm in excited. there. Definitely check out Stranger Things right now on Netflix. Make sure you stay tuned for our Stranger Things episode next week. So I think that is going to tie things up here for everybody. Is there anything you want to add in last words here? No, I missed you guys last week. That's it. I just want to say Sinestro Core War. Like, it just that's what I... If you take nothing else from this episode, folks, watch Stranger Things and read Sinestro Core War. Or any of Jeff Johns Greenland. Really? You, if it's Jeff Johns, you can't go wrong. It's like saying that you're trying to pick a favorite Bible verse if you're into that. It's like, they're all great. And if you're reading Jeff Johns Greenland, you might as well go ahead and read uh, Peter Tomasi's Greenland Core. Core. Oh, so because they go in Such so a, They good. really are. It's, it's peanut butter and jelly. It's, it is. It's the pepperoni and cheese. Yeah. Thing. So definitely check that out. But uh, for this week's Get Your Geek On podcast, I am Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. I'm Anthony Arsenio. And we will see you at the movies. Have a good week, nerds. Get your freak on.